Welcome back to Two Pastors and a Mic. My name is Corey. And I'm Shanik. And thank you for tuning into us each and every week. If you haven't already, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We would very much appreciate it. Yeah, just do it. Just do Nike, it. Just do it. Or share us on socials, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, whatever you got. Love it. Make it happen. This week's question of the week is what is the strangest gift you've ever received? Strangest gift for me was probably I was 18 years old dating Melanie at the time. We had just been dating for a few months and I show up at her family's Christmas, like her extended family. She's got a grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, like 40, 50 people of her family. They have this white elephant gift exchange and it's random who gets the gifts. And I happen to get this gift. I open it up and it's a chia head. You know what a chia head is, mm-hmm. right? The old school things me? like you water the yeah, top of the head. Have you not seen my hair? I got, that was like an inside joke on many people calling me a chia pet. Chia pet. I love it. But this is what, well, not the chia pet, the chia head, the dude's face and hair grows off like a fro. So yeah, actually you would relate exactly to Exactly who I am. <laughs> but anyway, so I get this thing. I'm like, what in the world is up with this? Well, apparently this has been exchanged in their family for over 20 years at the time. And I happen to get it. And that as night, a boyfriend, as a boyfriend in the family, not even a part of the family. And I probably got lectured four or five times that night by her aunt, her uncles, her mom, the grandma came. Now that Chia head's been going around our family for over 20 years. So if you and Melanie break up, we will be at your doorstep to get our Chia head back. And I'm like, holy frick. But maybe it was a Chia head that kept Mel and I together because Is we stayed still? together. It's still circulating now wow. for over 40 years. And yeah. Who got it last year? Um, no idea. Just not me. We've got it like over the years that Mel and I have been married now, 18 years, we've probably have got it four or five times. And it wow. sucks because you have to keep track of it and you got to put it in a spot. You know where it's at to remember it, to bring to it bring back. It. It's That's a lot of pressure. Way. I is, should just get rid of it. Is this white elephant gift? Like I've been a, in the family and long enough. I can just get rid of it. Wow. Oh, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> but is this white elephant gift a good exchange or like a gag gift exchange um, it's a little bit of both and it's random you'll get nice things so it like sucks when you all, get sometimes stuck. there's like gift cards with candy and they're like man this is amazing then sometimes they're like there's like like women's thongs are given <laughs> like some some you know i'll say new, uh, new thongs <laughs> no no i was just gonna say like uh some inappropriate Gifts for children. Well, we're on a podcast that are being circulated. You have to tell us. What do you mean inappropriate gifts for children? Well, like like for boxers children or for that children have see? a spot for something to go in and that lights up on the outside. Like not, just different I'm not stuff up like what this. You're putting I, you're gonna, I, I, you're I'm not even going. Explain. No, no, your turn. <laughs> Strangest gift you've ever received. <laughs> Crazy. The Bannett family Christmas. No Combs. White, the Combs family Christmas gift exchange. You want to be a part of it? How do I get in on that? Uh, I don't know. That sounds wild. Get married into the family, bro. My strangest gifts. You're already married. Yeah. My strangest gifts. I'm going to have to throw a couple people under the bus. (laughs) Do it. Rick and Libby Stumbler, if you're (laughs) listening, I love you so much. One year for Christmas, they got me the Silly Sausage, which if you don't know what the Silly Sausage is, it is like that game Bop It, except for it is a mahoosive sausage. Gotcha. So, So like... There's a, it, there's a shake it. There's a lot of innuendos. <laughs> well, let's just say <laughs> I'm all right sausage. now. Oh my and the God. worst part about it, nope, I can't even go there. The second gift, most strangest gift, and I'm just going to throw Louise under the bus. She is our superwoman here at the church. She wraps my Christmas gifts because I just do an atrocious job. Yeah, of she's wrapping. always done mine. Yeah. Well, once I found out she did yours, I'm like, well, I'm going to get in on this for <laughs> sure. So she wraps my Christmas gifts. 
a couple of years ago, I was going home. Okay, I'm one of four boys and we're all grown. My youngest brother's 30, my oldest brother's 40. I'm about to turn 34. And Julia opens up her gift and in the gift is something called a vajazzle. Oh my gosh, I remember this. A vajazzle. Louise let me in on it before she put Louise it in the box. <laughs> put this in the box. I didn't know about it. So when Julia yeah. opened it up and she's like, what is this? I didn't even know what it was. Well, you're going to have to tell everybody what a vajazzle is now that you brought it up. A vajazzle is like art for females yeah. with ju it, like jewel art for the hoo-ha. Yeah, you probably have heard of the bedazzler. Yeah, and you put little precious jewels. stones and jewels on clothing on coats on your pants shorts that kind of thing it's like a gift you it's get like at that except for for the pretty area uh, yeah for uh <laughs> yeah i'm not let's just move on, we'll move on. <laughs> anyways but she opened it and i'm gonna throw my brother on the bus brett was like i know what those are i'm like i'm sure you do buddy i'm sure you do. so yeah she i was like i promise no one believed that i didn't get her that gift right. that was even probably the best part of the joke right so i get back and louise is just already laughing she's like so did she find it i'm like yeah but no one believed me that it, that you pranked me right it was good that was the strangest gift love it i didn't know about yeah strangest gift love it so what are we talking about today so we are actually going to start a six-week series titled things christians should stop saying so each week we're going to pull out a phrase or a statement or maybe just an idea that Christians tend to say, and we should just completely remove it from our vocabulary. Again, we are two pastors, but there are a lot of different pet peeves that we have individually on certain phrases. There's a lot of things that are just said that shouldn't be said at all, but it kind of gets passed down from generation to generation. I call it Christianese, yep. where we just say Christian things because we're, we're Christian cliches. We're comfortable with it. It kind of just rolls off the tongue. It's our first first statement or first response when we get a question or when someone says something to us, and it's just bull crap, and we just need to stop saying it altogether. Right, and before we even get into this, and I love that we're doing a six-week part on this, because um, I think it is important, but also don't want our listeners to feel any kind of guilt or shame if you currently use these phrases. I will be honest, there are several phrases that we will get into throughout this series that I still find myself saying. Yep. Guilty as charged. Um, because it is sometimes just a natural first response to say it. But again, this is just food for thought. Yep. And, you know, hopefully we'll gain some new language. Yeah. I'm glad you use. said that because I think it's important for you as the listeners to know that we will never challenge you with something that we ourselves aren't either working on or working through. Yep. And so this is all six statements. I've been guilty of saying all six statements. We're going to unpack it. Things Christians should stop saying. Part one, what's the first one? First saying, the first things or first thing that Christians should stop saying is, I'll be praying for you. I'll be praying for you. I'll be praying for you. And it sounds great. And really it it kind of is. But most of the time when we hear someone's going through something and our response is, well, I'll be praying for you, it really means that's just some instant comfort I'm going to give you to say it, but I'm really never going to do it. Yep. And I'm never going to take the time and I'm never going to spend actual, you know, uh, uh, give it any thought to what someone else is going through. Why? Because most of us are consumed with our own stuff and our mm -hmm. own lives and we get busy and all the excuses. And I don't want to sit here and act like I don't make excuses too, but yeah, I hate that. That's always just our first response, especially when we normally don't. Yeah pray for someone when we say we're going yeah. to. I'm guilty of this all the time. Well, not all the time, but a lot of the time. And 
Honestly, if you're listening and you ever hear me say that phrase out loud, you have 100% permission to call me on it. Because again, I don't want to be the type of person who just hears something from someone and quickly just regurgitates this phrase. Because all it is, it's a way to quickly exit a conversation in a moment where another human being needs you. Right. And so, again, this is one of those things where it sounds good. I'll be praying for you. But most of us, come on, we don't actually pray for those people. Like you said, we're selfish often in our prayers. I remember one of the greatest statements that was ever said to me was in one of my uh, grad school classes is the teacher was teaching on prayer, which again is another conversation. But he asked the question, he said, if all of your prayers were answered this week, would anybody else's life be changed? Yeah, right. And I remember thinking, holy crap, I am the most selfish prayer on the planet. Because I think the only person's life that would change if all of my prayers were answered in a week would be my life. Right. And that's really challenging thought and a convicting thought that, man, do we really mean what we say? I'll be praying for you. Or are you just trying to quickly exit a conversation and move on with the things that you have planned and without taking any time to engage with someone who honestly is going through a season where they need you? They right. need you to be there yeah. for And them. if someone is brave enough and willing enough to tell you what's going on in their life and let you in on their struggles, maybe their dire circumstances, their issues, whatever it is, man, I think we owe them a lot more courtesy than just to say, well, man, I'll be praying for you, brother. Mm -hmm. Man, I, I, yeah, okay, I'll be praying for you, sister. And then just, like you said, exit and mm -hmm. leave. I think we owe them a lot more than that. Yeah. So what should our response be? We, never, we don't want to give you a challenge without giving you a response. Instead of saying... I'll be praying for you or to change that phrase up or to do something different. Here's what we think you should do. Right. Well, first off, if they actually come and they preface what they're going to tell you with, hey, I think I need your prayer on this and then explain what they're going through or why they need prayer. I think instead of saying, you know what, let me think about it. I'll be praying for you. You stop in that moment and say, oh, man, yeah, I want to I want to lock arms and I want to pray for you right now. Right now. And, and it's that thing, like, I think we're just so used in our culture, especially with social media and things, just to scroll and to like a comment or to click and to love a comment or a picture or whatever. Or, hey, I'm going through this circumstance and you can hit the like button and that lets them know, hey, yeah, I'm praying for you. But it's a whole other thing to hear about something and then to say, man, how can I come alongside you and walk? through whatever you're going through with you yeah. and and lock, locking those arms and saying, you know what? I heard that you're going through this. I, I want to pray for you right now. Can I stop by? Or not just even prayer. And I believe in the power of prayer and all that, but just even taking the time to sit down and say, what what's really going on? Yeah. What, why is this causing so much anxiety in your life where you reached out to me to tell me or to ask for prayer? And a lot of times we know, you know, when somebody's reaching out to us, they say what they're going through. Man, we've had tons of people, you know, over the years just struggling with so much physical stuff with cancer and surgeries and death in the family, things like that. And of course, it's, man, let me come alongside you and pray for you. Not, I'll just be praying for you one day when, yep. which might not ever happen. Yep. But actually take the time to pray with them right then and there. Yeah. And I'm glad that you brought up that the social media aspect of it because... Uh, we just this past a couple weeks ago, you know, Cody and Sarah announced that they're having a baby and announced the gender of the baby and whatnot. And and I was scrolling on some of the comments and I, I saw people say, oh, praying for you guys. And, and that's great. And I'm not, okay, here's my judgment on that. Instead of writing or taking the time to write praying for you, how awesome would it be if you just picked up your phone and called Cody or Sarah or texted them right. and say, hey, 
let me pray for you right now, or hey, thinking about you, so excited about you. And this is for everybody. You know, people post their bad news all the time. Instead of just on the comments praying for you and scrolling on, and I've been guilty of this, why not pick up the phone and call them and pray for them right now in that moment? And if everybody on those people that that see that on Facebook did that, man, that person would have 10, 20, maybe 50 people calling or texting saying, hey, thinking of you or praying for you right now, like, hey, believing for you or call them and literally pray over the phone for them. Like, take some time out of your day to go meet them. And maybe this is a pet peeve for us and especially for me because I'm a very pragmatic person. And so like you brought up Cody, and I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but instead of just saying, man, I'm so excited for you guys, praying for you all through this process, I'm a parent. My wife has, you know, um, delivered four babies. And I can think of a lot of things that I wish I had support in when I was going through that. So I'm thinking, man, what can I do practically to go Mm -hmm. and help Cody in this moment? And if he had 100 people comment on his social media page, great, do all that. But what if those same same 100 people went out and each got like a $200 gift card? Mm-hmm. To, to Target or Walmart to stock up on diapers and all the stuff that they're going to need one day. Man, that'd be like, what is that, two grand? Yeah. If 100 Something people like did $20? I don't know. I'm not, I can't do that that fast. But I think it's like two grand. Imagine if you had two grand to get everything well, you, you need stocked $200. You said 100 people get $200. 100 people like, well, get $20. Awesome. Well, that go. would be awesome. But yeah. I was thinking 20 bucks. Do what you can. Yeah, do what you can. 10, 20, 100. But, but I'm that's, actually going to go do that right now. I'm going to go buy them a box of diapers. Yeah, but thinking through it in terms of like practically, how can I come alongside and just put action to my faith? Yeah. Right? Well, that's instead the second of, thing. Yeah, instead of just having this idea of this whole spiritual world where I'll be praying for your brother, but actually say, no, I'm going to put some action to that faith and I'm going to have my faith work and actually do something. Yeah. So if the first one is just stop and praying with them right away, the second one be ask how you can practically help, practically be involved in their life, practically be there for people. You know, they, they go through a surgery, set up a meal train. We do this all the time in our community and actually provide a meal for people that need it. They can't cook in that season where they're recovering anything. Yeah. Why don't we be the hands and feet of Jesus and practically meet needs? What's number three? Yeah. Uh, well, before I get to number three, just speaking of that, I think a great thing to also ask in this moment is instead of just saying, I'll be praying for you, ask, hey, what do you need from me? Yeah. Like, because it could be, they might just say, you know what, will you just be praying for me? And if that's the case, then great. Well, I'll be praying for you. And that's one of the appropriate times to just say, all right, I'm praying for you. Well, if that's what it, they ask. If you're going to do it. Yeah, and actually do it. But if that's what they're asking for. Or they might be like, you know what? I just need advice. This is what I'm going through. But I told you, not because I need prayer, but I need advice. Yeah. It might be encouragement. Come alongside of them. And they might be like, man, I just, I'm getting ready to do this. And I'm stepping out in faith. And I'm, I'm going, you know, to another city or whatever. Okay, yes, I need prayer. But also, I'm going to need some encouragement along the way. Because I'm freaking out right now. And <laughs> I'm scared. And I'm going to back out. I love it. You know, there, there's all these different relational needs that I people need, I need. And yes, prayer is a part of it, but we can get very specific and ask, no, what specifically do you need from me in this moment? I, I, I'm hearing your heart. I'm, I'm really, um, you know, empathizing with where you're at and I'm going to come alongside of you. What do you need from me? I love it. So number three would be if you literally don't have time right now and you would want to say the phrase, hey, I'll be praying for you just to exit quickly. Maybe instead of saying that, say, hey, let's schedule a time this week Mm -hmm. or next where we can get together and talk through it. Because sometimes talking through it or having somebody listen to what you're going through is healing in and of itself. It's so important. It is. And and recently I heard about um, one of my friends going through something 
And he was kind of sharing with me and, and I'm like, you know what, let's, let's connect over this. I don't want to just say that, Hey, I'll be praying for you. Can we get together? And we scheduled a lunch like a week and a half later, we got together. He was able to share his heart and he reached out several times and just said, man, that was just so good for me in that moment to get things off my chest, to have you listen to me vent. And that's just what I really needed in that moment. Mm. So just thank you. And so, yeah, it's just scheduling that time yeah. to meet up. And lastly is text them throughout the week. And not like, hey, I'm praying for you. Or what if you just spent some time praying for them and their t- your text was, hey, just prayed for you. Or hey, thinking about you. Or, or completely remove Christianese from the conversation and just text, hey, you were on my mind this morning. I was thinking about this, this, and this, and, and whatnot. And be that person who is actively involved. Text messaging is so simple, so simple. So why don't we do it more? We should. We should be actively involved in people's lives. I love it. I love it. I love those responses. Let me pray with you right now. Let's schedule a time. Let's uh, text throughout the week. And then practically, how can we help people? Those four areas are how we should really respond. Exactly. And since we're on this subject of talking about prayer, here's, here's one more. Here's a bonus. I know it's part one, but here's bonus part one is let's stop saying, I'll pray about it. And because because here's here's what okay we're in ministry in a we, specific circumstance in a is specific, what you're is what you're meaning yes right? so like you come to somebody hey you should do this or hey what do you think about this and the person's response is I'll pray about it oh man I want to fight when I hear let's pray about it because usually not always but usually what that means is no I just don't have the audacity to tell you no right now. Right. So I'm going to bullcrap my way out of this uncomfortable conversation by telling you I'll pray about it. But what I mean is I'm not even going to text you no later in the future. I'm still praying about it right. and processing it. And no, you're not. Right. It's your way or someone's way of kicking the can down the road just a little bit further and hope eventually the person who wants you to respond will finally forget or go to somebody else yes. instead of actually just confronting the person. I won't even say confronting, just actually giving a simple no, like, right, Jesus said, let your yes be yes, but also your no be no. And if someone approaches you with something and right away you already know for sure that it's not anything you want to do, then just go ahead and say no. Hmm. Now, here's the deal, because I would much rather have somebody who tells me no, but eventually changes their mind, maybe after it keeps depositing in their thought process and come back to me with a yes, than someone that will tell me either I'm praying about it or will tell me yes in the moment to appease me and then never follow through with it. <laughs> right. And I'm okay with people that tell me no. But now I do want to pause right here and say there are some times where I think it's appropriate for you to say, I need I'll pray time. about it. I need some time to think about it. I just it, need some it. time to pray about it. I, I just met with a couple. They want to get involved with out- outreach ministry. Just man had incredible hearts. And I just kind of shared with them all of not only the missionaries and the ministries that we support, but the local partners, there's six of them that Hill City has that I would love to connect them with, that they can plug in and serve. And I kind of gave them a rundown on what all six ministries do. And in that moment, it's like overload, like mm-hmm. drinking water through a fire hydrant, right? Like, oh my gosh, all these are amazing. I, I, I would love to be a part of all of them, but they know intentionally they want to just really invest in one right? Give to one what you wish you can give to everyone. And so in that, I was able to walk them through it. And they said, you know what, this is awesome, but we are going to have to take some time to to think about this, but also to kind of pray about it just because they're all great options. Mm -hmm. And okay, you know what? I love that. But I think what we're meaning here, if if you already know it's no, don't say I'll pray about it. We're not saying don't pray about things. (laughs) Prayer is great. Prayer is often necessary, but don't use it as bullcrap Christianese to avoid either hard or 
or confrontational conversations. Yep. Because at the end of the day, I think it does a lot more harm, especially when you think about it from a perspective of someone who doesn't know Jesus. Uh, oh, I'll pray about it. Oh, okay, great. Maybe they wanted a conversation. Maybe they didn't even want prayer at all. Maybe they wanted to see if you would be involved in their life. And so part one, things Christians should stop saying, I'll be praying for you. I'll pray about it. That's what I got. That's yeah. what we got. All right. I think that was great. Hopefully you enjoyed that. And come, just remember, yeah, what? Come, come back, back next week. week. Part two. You're yeah, going to be what great. Say. All right. You're loved. There's nothing you can do about it.